Hello everyone, this is Nathaniel Goodman, your Biggie Broadcast host, landing here at the Biggie Studio at Pleasanton High School for another great episode of our PHS podcast. As we continue with the theme of our podcast, which is what makes PHS great, we will be hearing from the perspective of present and past trainers. Our guests today include one of our senior trainers, Estevan Jackson, and an alumni from the class of 2010, Stephanie Post-Thompson. Let's hear what they have to say. First up is Estevan Jackson, class of 2022. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Give us a little bit of your time. You're welcome. Um, I'm Stephon Jackson. Alrighty. If we hop right in here, um, our first little question is, what's the thing you like the best about being a trainer or the sports medicine class in general? The best thing is um, being able to help people and um, help who's injured and also supporting the football team while I'm there as well. Alright, so you're kind of like a... Um, uh, what's the word? Um, do you do a lot of the like medical stuff yourself, or are you more like an assistant? Like, is it uh, more like an assistant? Like, they train us to be prepared of just in case if they're not there themselves, then right. we know what to do. But right now, like, since Ms. Vare and Coach McDermott's there, then we're more like helpers. Okay, yeah. So like, if something happens, you're the. One. I'm gonna use a very bad example because I watched too many of those comedy medical shows but like the scalpel and like they reach yeah. over kind of like that <laughs> um basically yeah like whenever so for example in the football um football games if they need water like we're there giving them water there's more than like at least 13 14 of us so it's like enough uh, okay. but if Ms. Vera is like helping someone who's injured and coach McDermott is also helping someone who's injured and someone else needs like the knee or ankle wrap then we're there to so you know what to do if you have to, mm -hmm. but they try their best so you don't have to get involved, basically. Yeah. All right, yeah. So do you think you're going to pursue a career in the line of sports medicine, like continue this further on? Yeah, um, so in college, um, I'm going to try to continue sports med, so that way I have an idea of what I actually, like I know what I want, but like to try something new, then that's something I want, really want to try. And then maybe I pursue it like throughout my career after that. So. Right. So you're saying, you know, kind of going to college for this and all that. Um, is there a specific school you're looking at to, for sports medicine and stuff like that? Um, well, I have a specific school I want to go to, and that's University of Florida. But if that doesn't work out, then I'm going to go somewhere like maybe A&M or maybe somewhere here, you know? Right, I understand that. And the advice that I was given when it comes to college like that, if you want to save some money, because I know out of state can be a lot of more yeah. expensive, um, there's a, a lot of schools, especially here in Texas, have the option where you could go get like your essential credits, math, science, yeah, all that. You could do that here, and if you go to the University of Florida to get your sports medicine, you can actually save a little bit of cash, so you're not paying for like two years. You're yeah. paying for two years, that not four. Sense, yeah. yeah. And so, what are some of the most memorable moments you have working as a sports medicine or as a trainer here at Pleasanton? Honestly, the most memorable things is honestly the trainers themselves and also like Ms. Vare and Coach um, McDermott because like I've never really talked to them at, like before this year and when I started they actually welcomed me as like their own right away like and then the trainers themselves they're really nice to me and like throughout the actually throughout this whole two months like actually yeah this two months because we had like summer training too um our bond has like just became closer and closer and closer so like we're really comfortable with each other so i'm kind of grateful for that that's like very memorable that sounds me. awesome honestly and it's good that you know you're accepting uh, and then the class would be a little awkward if you yeah. weren't <laughs> <laughs> has there been something like shocking or like what someone from oh. an outside perspective would consider kind of 
So gross, for lack of a better term. Yeah, um, gross and shocking is. There is this one time when I had to go assist Coach McDermott because he had a um, this kid had a nosebleed, but also like it was really bad and it oh. kept gushing out. So oh, I had to go man. help him, but the nose kept bleeding and the blood got everywhere and just kept going over the trash, like on our clothes and it was like, oh okay. man, it didn't break luckily, but still it was kind of gross. <laughs> oh yeah, I understand nosebleeds. Trust me, I have this yeah. little, like I have those seasonal ones that can get pretty bad. So I. I know they can get pretty gnarly, so... The funny Ooh. thing is, he barely got hit in his nose, so I guess it was like something that's Oh, wow. But that was funny. Not funny, but <laughs> it's kind of gross. It, it was something that happened, and you probably had to wash your clothes a couple times right after, yeah. but... Yeah. <laughs> like, do they have you bring spare clothes in case of something like that, in case you get blood? Like, do they... Or do you have to wear, like, uh, clothes you don't care about getting dirty? Well, we have um, peroxide, and then we spray the peroxide on the clothes, and Oh, okay. So, yeah, but I have to wash it and then spray the peroxide and wash it again, so. I never really thought about that, like yeah. the smaller stuff, you know, how to get blood out of clothes, stuff like that. I didn't know that at all until I started training. I was like, whoa, I could have done this a long time ago. At least you're learning something, yeah. right? <laughs> it's better to go to a class and learn something and, you know, get a little bloody than True. sit in class bored all day. Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to be in the sports medicine class? Uh, yeah, honestly, like, it's actually pretty cool. Like I advise, my advice is like just stay on top of it. Like, it's really cool. Like it's really like fun to be with. But like, the main thing you want to do is just focus on your priorities first before playing like around or just hanging out there. You know, mm. like make sure you know what to do. Make sure you know how to wrap. Make sure you know how to clean a nosebleed. Make sure you know how to disinfect a cut or a wound. You know, right. stuff like that. Work hard, play hard, kind of thing. Yeah. As long as you get your stuff done, you can mess around because. If you don't know what you're doing when the time comes, that can make things a lot worse, and that's how you yeah, get someone in trouble. Yeah, and if you trouble. ask Ms. Vera or Coach McDermott, like they'll help you, like without any hesitation. Right. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's not one of those they hand you a textbook, say this is what you're supposed to do, and kind of let you go off on your own. They yeah, no, it's help not one of those. They'll okay, you. walk you through it. That's awesome, honestly. You just gotta ask. <laughs> yeah, you can't just expect help without asking for it. That's not how this kind of stuff works. Yeah. So besides the sports medicine classes and all that, are there any other organizations you're a part of, extracurricular or, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm in NHS and student council, so that's... Oh, sure. wow. Oh, yeah. Those look great on a college resume, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I don't know if Miss O told you, but the theme of our podcast is kind of... The administrators say PHS is great because we have this program and this supplies. You know, the teachers mm. will say it's great because of this, that, and the other thing. We kind of want to go to the students, the people who are actually learning here, and see what they personally think is great about the school. So, for Estevan Jackson, what makes PHS great for you? I personally think, personally think what makes PHS great is, like, our administrators, our teachers, I feel like they don't really get, uh, they do, but I feel like my, my point of view, they don't get the thank you for doing what you do each and every day or like daily you know mm -hmm. like they work their butts off they like they do so much and I really like I feel like without them PHS wouldn't be PHS you know right yeah especially our principal when she does so much for our school and like it's just very it's just great you know everyone always kind of one bad thing happens and they always focus on that when yeah, it comes to administrators like, and they not don't everyone is perfect Right, you know, yeah. We are all human, so we're going to make mistakes, and that's just life. But they got to exactly. just get through it, you know? But, and like, they happen to ignore all the great stuff they've done mm -hmm. for us. Like, they've, the administrators, 
they've done a lot more for us than people think, you know, like they've yeah. helped, they like help people as much as they can, you know, they, again, like people complain about the dress code all the time. Mm -hmm. But they do have to understand that some kids violated it last year. Exactly, yeah. And But they also, the administrators, they, they've got clothes like that they've mm -hmm. even purchased. That way, if someone does violate dress code, they don't have to go home and lose as much of their education yeah. as they would. They have clothes that you can wear that they've brought to the school and such. And people don't recognize that because they're too upset that they took it away. Exactly. But they also gave us that privilege too, but we also violated we, Yeah, we, we blew it, honestly. Yeah, so it's, no, it's not their fault, it's our fault. But exactly. they don't really like to take the, um, how do you say it? Like Responsi yeah. Responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So. And plus, in all honesty, it's not even them that does the dress code, it's yeah. the school board, you know? They, yeah. It's just their job to enforce it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and honestly, I'm glad you said that because everyone I've spoken to um, about what makes PHS great, the administrators haven't come up once, and that's really? kind of sad just because you know they mention you know that they yeah the teachers support us the administrators support us yeah but they don't really go into detail about what they do for us and mm -hmm. it's honestly really good that you think about something like that um and i'm sure the administrators are going to appreciate it too when they hear this yeah because um, <laughs> again they don't get enough recognition for what they do so yeah yeah i'm just very thankful for them and that's what makes phs phs i can't help but agree yeah <laughs> And now let's hear from Stephanie Post Thompson, class of 2010. Hi, this is Nathaniel Goodman with the Biggie Broodcast here at Pleasanton. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on our show, giving us a little bit of your time. We really appreciate it. No problem. Alrighty, so first of all, what have you been up to since your time here at Pleasanton High School? Um, well, since I was there, like as a student? Yes, ma'am. Uh, okay, so I went to Baylor, got my degree in athletic training. And then I worked a year in Tyler at a hospital and was working with White House High School and I got my master's degree. Then I came back to Pleasanton and I was the athletic trainer here for five years and have since moved on to Marble Falls High School where I'm one of the athletic trainers. I work with high school sports here. And then I also have gotten into working with rodeo athletes and I'm getting my doctorate in athletic training in May. Oh, wow. That sounds like you've done quite a bit and congratulations on the continuation of your degree. I know that that kind of stuff, especially a doctorate, can be very, it can be a lot of work. So yeah. the dedication is amazing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been kind of told that you weren't a trainer here back when you attended the high school, but were there any classes or courses here at Pleasanton that kind of put you on the path to become one? Or was it something you always just kind of wanted to do? No, not really. I didn't take sports med. Um, I didn't take anything like that back in the day. I was actually really inspired by the coaching staff at Pleasanton and I wanted to become a coach. And oh. that when I got to college, Baylor didn't have the degree I wanted. So my advisor, advisor gave me a few degree options and I chose athletic training, which seemed to have worked out. You said that your advisor is the one who helped you pick out the career path. Is there a specific reason you chose athletic training or was it just kind of this one seemed the closest to what you wanted, seemed like it would be the best one for you? Yeah, um, it's kind of a terrible story because I was looking at the degrees. Um, he gave me like four or five and said, hey, these are kind of close. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to take calculus. I don't want to take these advanced mm -hmm. sciences. So I narrowed it down to a couple. And then I was like, well, you know what? Doc was pretty cool. And that's how I chose athletic training. But if I hadn't hurt myself, you know, and spent time in the training room, I probably wouldn't have chosen athletic training. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's what it was. Worked out, though. <laughs> right. I'm a firm believer that as long as you, as long as you're confident in what you're doing, you'll be, it'll work out eventually. You don't need to worry about that too much. So. Mm -hmm. Worked for me. Um, 
What has been some of the greatest challenges you've faced as a head trainer? Um, so like in general, athletic training has a lot of challenges. Um, but the biggest one I think for athletic trainers just in general is lack of public knowledge about who we are and what we do. Um, I have to explain my qualifications and what I do to almost every single person I talk to. And, and that gets exhausting. <laughs> so just people, people need to understand that we're um, healthcare professionals. Like we need a master's degree. We have to pass certification exams. We um, have to get continuing education every two years. Um, and so people just kind of see the person who gets to sit on the sidelines and watch sports, but they don't see the treatments and the paperwork and the rehab and being ready for like everything. Um, we could put a bandaid on something or we could have to do CPR. So that is kind of like a general challenge that athletic trainers in general put up with. Um, I think at Pleasanton, the hardest challenge was time management and trying to figure out how I was going to cover all of those games, but provide the same level of care to all the athletes in the district when I was by myself. Um, not physically possible. So then learning how to balance everything was definitely a challenge. Uh, yeah, because honestly, I every time I start a new episode of the podcast, I have to learn a little bit about the subject mm -hmm. so I don't go in blind. Learned my lesson on that one. Um, <laughs> and so hearing that, you know, cause everyone hears trainer, they hear that and they think the, the, they think the person who spots you in the gym and gives you a workout set, I'm going to be honest, that's yeah. what everyone kind of thinks. So mm -hmm. knowing that it goes far beyond that and you actually have to do these kinds of things, like you said, continuation of education and stuff like that. I feel like it would blow a lot of people's minds and change a lot of perspectives just because people, again, hear trainer and they think only of the workout. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with a mom the other day um, at a cross country meet who was like, oh, are you, a, are you a gym coach? Like, this is so nice. And I'm like, oh, no, ma'am. I'm here to make sure your kid doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm, I'm sure they appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of talked about the challenges. Now I want to kind of move on to a little more optimistic. What yeah. has been the most rewarding experience in your line of work? Like what kind of, it, you said time management and all that, it can get a little grueling. What kind of makes you think, eh, it's worth it though? So uh, one of the most rewarding things about being an athletic trainer is seeing an athlete work hard after an injury and then getting them, getting to see them return to play for the first time and just like how happy they are. Or when a kid comes back after graduating and just even thinks to come stay high, since athletic training is like such a huge behind the scenes kind of thing, like that just makes me feel awesome when I get to see them like realize their goals. That sounds amazing, honestly, being able to help someone and see that the effort paid off. It's super satisfying. Absolutely. I understand that 100%. Now we're going to kind of hop back, um, back to when you were a student, at least here at Pleasanton High School. What were some of the more unique experiences you had here at the school? Um, so I was in school the year that we went to, like, we went really far in the playoffs with football. So we got to play in the Alamo Dome. That was a pretty cool experience. Oh, wow. Um, I think we were one of the first classes to march in the Flambeau Parade with the band. That was pretty fun. We went to state one year with band and our bus broke down. Like, that was kind <laughs> of, I, mean, I think a lot of the things are, I mean, very similar to how they are now. I don't, there's nothing that, like, super duper stands out, like. I understand that. School and there's years where it changes a bunch, like the 2019-2020 school year with yes. and all that. And then there's years where, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're just doing the same thing again. So Yeah, you can't when you always... think about the COVID year, it's like, no, nothing crazy like that happened. Like, I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school, I graduated, and then I left. And then I left, and then I came back. 
That's actually what I plan to do once I get my degree. I want to come back here and teach a little bit as well. That's a great place to work. So I've heard everyone I've spoken to says this is like one of the best school districts they've worked for. It sounds amazing, honestly. Can confirm. <laughs> um, so during your time as a student here at PHS, I heard you mention um, state and such like that. Um, what organizations and extracurriculars were you a part of? Okay, um, I was in track. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in band. I was in jazz band. I was in National Honor Society. I uh, played tennis for a couple years, ran cross country for a year or two, uh, played soccer my freshman year, I was in the mariachi band for one day my senior year, <laughs> um, I started a kite flying club, Oh wow. and I was a kickoff mentor, uh, they don't do that anymore, but it was like when the freshmen came in they got paired with like a senior and we had like small group meetings a couple times a year. That's, so, that's surprising they don't do that, that sounds amazing actually, like that sounds like it would help a lot of people. It was pretty neat. Oh, well, and I heard you mention jazz band. I have a few friends yeah. in there, so that's one of the few band-related things I know about, so. <laughs> Sounds like you were busy over here, though, getting stuff done and all that. Probably looks great on a college resume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything to stay out and play with my friends instead of going home. <laughs> I understand that 100%, trust me. So. Like we discussed, um, you trained here for a little while. You worked here as a trainer. I know you mentioned that not much changed between when you graduated and then, but can you think of anything that, like, more than the others, like, at least in the athletic department, something that might have changed that we might not have noticed from the um, outside? Uh, the sporting rivals were a little bit different. Um, when I was in high school, we had a game versus Poteet. We'd play for a bucket. And whoever won the game got to keep the bucket. And it, like, got super intense. Like, people going to Poteet and doing stuff. And Poteet coming over here and doing stuff. So, I remember getting really hyped about, like, the Poteet game. And I feel like that's not so much the case anymore. We also, like, played soccer. Like, soccer was played at the at the River Park. So, we didn't have a dedicated field. Um, and then baseball and softball was at that park that's behind the primary and the swimming pool. So, I think those are the, the biggest things. You guys have improved facilities. Like, I don't think y'all get how good the facilities are at Pleasanton all around. <laughs> I'm at a 5A now, and Pleasanton High School is nicer. Like, from the classrooms to the sporting facilities oh. to the ag barn to the band hall, like, it's all so much better. It's oh. super nice. So, like, yeah, improvement, faci improved facilities, definitely. Um, and mums have gotten bigger. Mums were not this big when I was in high school. I have never seen one of those until I came here. I hadn't even heard of them. And I just walked in on homecoming and I saw someone with a necklace the size of them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even do that at my current school. Like they have like a few people have little mums. Nothing, none of those mega mums that take up the whole person. Like I've seen people have to take them off. Like they'll walk around and then when they get to class, they have to take it off, put it on a separate desk to do their yeah. classwork. Yes. They have gotten so much bigger. <laughs> I wanted to ask also, you mentioned the bucket and everything. Was there ever yes. an attempt to steal the bucket from whoever had it at the time? To steal the bucket? You know, I'm not sure we ever tried to steal the bucket, but there were definitely a lot of like psychological games being played. <laughs> like people would go over and like write stuff on building. Kind of illegal, definitely illegal, <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> kind of get inside their heads, see if we can get yes. them off their rhythm for the game kind of thing. Yes. I don't even remember who won the game. I just remember, like, rocks being thrown. Like, it was intense. Oh, man. <laughs> it was more about the participation of everyone rather than just the actual game itself then, huh? Yes, yes. I have no idea who was better. <laughs> I think it was us. I'm going to say it was us. I tried. 
Pride Pride. <laughs> so, um, we have one last question left here on the little paper. Uh-huh. And the last question we have, um, we have a theme to our podcast. And uh-huh. we all hear what the administrators say. Oh, Pleasanton's amazing because of this, this, this. We hear the teachers uh-huh. say this and this. Our goal is to ask the students, people who have actually been in the classrooms and such, people who've been taught what they think is great about PHS. So for you, back when you attended as a student in the 2010s, what made Pleasanton great for you? So what made PHS great then and what makes it great now um, is the staff and the community support. Like that's not just me like who worked there as a teacher saying that. Like I would not be where I am today if I didn't have the support and the encouragement of Coach Wood and Mr. Unger. A lot of my teachers and mentors were there when I was in high school. And then when I came back to work, they were still there, still caring for kids. And that is just awesome. When I was in high school, I really didn't know, did I want to go into music or did I want to go into sports? Because like a huge part of my day was spent in the band hall. And Mr. Unger told me, you know what? Like you really excel at sports. You really love sports. And I think that's what he needs. And so that's why I went into the sporting field. And if he hadn't cared about me enough to, you know, tell me these things, I might not be an athletic trainer right now. I might be band director, who knows? But I think he was selfless enough to tell me, you know, this is what you like, not trying to recruit more people for his profession. Right. super cool right. and the teach the staff here is absolutely amazing um they really are. every time i i'm gonna be honest i've jumped through a few career choices while i've been here trying to figure out what on god's green earth i'm going to be doing after i leave and mm-hmm. every time i mentioned one the staff they helped me they told me like things i could do ways i could go about it and like i said i plan on coming back and teaching now i've spoken to them about how like applying here works even things like that and they've mm-hmm. been supportive 100 percent, and it's amazing to see um yeah. <laughs> yeah it's definitely like all all schools say that they're a family and a lot of times it's like not really but i think i really think pleasanton is just like one big supportive family and even the community like you said gets involved i mean i can drive down the street to sherry's and there's a gas station with more eagle merch than i have in my house um so it's amazing to see everyone backing the school rather than the school saying we're the center of the community and then like three three whole people say yeah (laughs) Yeah, like they put up signs everywhere. Like when I was in high school, one time I forgot my flute to a band competition. It was super embarrassing. The next band competition, there was a sign on the stop sign that said, Stephanie, you have your flute. Like, wow, that's amazing, actually. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to live down leaving the flute. (laughs) And that was like 15 years ago. Oh, man. I'd love to thank you for coming on our show. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Yeah, no problem. Um, it's been wonderful talking to you. Um, I'm going to be editing this myself, so it'll be. I have to record one more half of the episode. I can almost guarantee it'll be out this month. So just kind of keep your eye <laughs> okay. on Spotify. Um, we're underneath the Biggie Broodcast with okay. two O's. Um, <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I love jokes. I love puns. So I saw that. It was instantly my favorite. So, <laughs> well, you have a wonderful day, ma'am. Thank you again. You too. This is Nathaniel Goodman, your Biggie Broodcast host, taking flight from here in the Biggie studio. We're hoping you join us next month for another brutally awesome podcast. And try to stay positive out there. We know it's crazy.